Buongiorno. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Today is Thursday, April 30th, 2020. And um, you can, if you're unmuted, uh, you can mute by pressing star six. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 154, the second paragraph. It begins one dismal afternoon. And we're going to read and comment on just the one paragraph. So today's readers, we have uh, Wendy M. on the 12 steps and Sandy C. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Martha Z., Lauren N., and Benita L. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, April 29th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, that number is 14,527. That's 14527. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 14,528. One four five two eight. Um, the newcomer greeter for the second hour is Reva P, and the host for the second hour is Jen A. The OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and of course to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, those people can recover. Uh, They have to start with abstinence and then, of course, the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask Wendy M. to get us started with the 12 steps. Wendy, good morning. Good morning. I'm Wendy M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we would try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. 
Thanks so much, Wendy. By the way, I did say press star six to unmute. No, that's not right. It was star one. I'm getting mixed up with Zoom and all those things. Thanks for the uh, for the assist there, a few of you. Okay, so now we're going to ask uh, Lauren and excuse me, not Lauren and Sandy C rather to read the twelve traditions. Hey, Sandy. Good morning. Good morning. The twelve traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself, in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much. Thank you for that service, Sandy. Okay, you guys, here's how this meeting works. Um, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read, and anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers it's six months, and there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we are sharing, of course, uh, what the directions of the big book mean to us. To share, don't press star six. Press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're, we're back in the, our study of the big book. We are on page 154, the second paragraph. It begins with one dismal afternoon. And then commenting just on the, uh, the one paragraph. So, Martha Z, would you get us started this morning? Good morning, Larry. I'm so grateful for your levity. Um, this is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered from outside of Philadelphia. One dismal afternoon, he placed a hotel lobby wondering how his bill was to be paid. At the 
At one end of the room stood a glass-covered directory of local churches. Down the lobby, a door opened to an attractive bar. He could see the gay crowd inside. In there, he would find companionship and release. Unless he took some drinks, he might not have the courage to scrape an acquaintance and would have a lonely weekend. That's a good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, so the, from the preceding paragraphs, we can see that Bill was probably resentful and afraid with everything that's happened. And um, he has what one of our beloved members always says. He's got two choices. He's got door number one or door number two. So door number one is, is the disease and door number two is recovery. So he's got this glass-covered directory of local churches. So that's going to connect him, reconnect him with recovery. And then he's got this door that opens into an attractive bar. And the lie that his disease tells him is that in there he's going to find companionship and release. Now I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. He's In the next paragraph, he's going to realize that he's on thin ice and, and he's going to have a shiver and he's going to turn away. So he's actually going to recoil from a hot flame and he's going to go toward the church directory. And um, I was thinking about, in the doctor's opinion, it talks about how we can't differentiate the true from the false. And I think in recovery that we get this ability back. So here he is, like he realizes that he's really in trouble and he needs to talk to somebody. And I think that he needs to talk to somebody to help himself. I think he's not, this is my personal opinion, I think he's not in the place where um, working with another while we save the day. I think he's not in that place in his recovery yet. I think that's later when he's trying to get his emotional sobriety around his depression. But anyway, so he's he's no he's he needs to talk to somebody else. So um, on page 100, we've got a promise. It says, "Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you'll presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances." So today I have the same choices with our current circumstances that Bill had to go toward disease or to go toward recovery. So I can listen to my disease that says, I need food to get through this. It'll make it better. Or, sorry, I can choose to get the true power from my higher power and know that he can help me with all the challenges in my life. So right now I'm grateful to be physically abstinent and that food isn't an option to solve this. But more importantly, can I be peaceful, serene, and centered even in this storm? So that's my goal each day, but I can only do it with God's help. So I'm so grateful that Bill chose recovery so that we can have a program of recovery to help us find a way out. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Martha, for getting us started. All right, so we're going to open up to sharing. Now, although we love you and we do love you, we ask that we that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others that we love um, also might share their experience as well. So with that in mind, who would like to share on what was read? Mark Kell. All right, Mark. Tina S, Elise N, Susan A, Susan, Lynn S, Lynn, Linda D, Linda, Elise N. I got you, Elise. Here's what I got so far, you guys. 
I got I got Mark, Tina, I see Elise and Susan and Lynn and Linda. Anybody <laughs> else want to jump in? Um, Debbie B. Debbie. All right. Let's start with uh, let's stop with Debbie this first round. So we'll go Mark, uh, followed by Tina. Good morning, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark is going to press star one. Good morning, Mark. Oh, thank you. There you are. I can hear you. I was giving you a big intro. Whoa. (laughs) Mark L. from Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, man. Uh, I am a composable eater. (laughs) Trying to take over one day at a time. Wow. how how my bill gonna get paid? <laughs> and this guy was in in a hotel, but man, but I I I am my home, man. I've been so dumb much, and I ruined almost ruined my life <laughs> by by not paying my bills, and 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 sometimes the 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 landlord say, uh uh-uh, uh, you have to pay your bill, buddy, and 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 sometimes I tell him, hey, I I can't. And, and because of I've been on it and 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 and, and messed up my life, man. But I don't do that no more. It's 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 and not called for me to do it no more because I am in affluent of my life. I love it. Thank you, Larry, and I pass it back. Oh, uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for getting us started. I love love to hear you. Okay, Tina's up next, followed by Elise. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Larry. Tina has compulsive eater anorexic, recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. And, you know, what What a great small paragraph. And I'm grateful for the, the shares already this morning. You know, I it initially reminded me of, of the um, sentence where we go on to the bitter end or accept spiritual help. You know, because, you know, um, it, the previous paragraph talks about he's only been uh, free from his alcohol for a a few months you know so and I agree that maybe we haven't had a spiritual awakening but we do have a choice today being free from the actual substance in my body you know I don't have to act on my first thought you know I have a choice and I can accept spiritual help and I think it's divinely inspired that you know he he gets this um, he gets a scenario you know, I can either go back to where I was or I can choose something different today. And I have that opportunity many times, many times. And I am so grateful that I have, you know, had the opportunity and have had the transformation and continue to work the 12 steps, all 12 of them, you know, one day at a time to continue to have a different experience and to change and to grow and to make that decision to call somebody to get some help as opposed to going back to doing what I used to do. Because I was always told, and I always say today, if I want something different, I have to do something different. If I continue to do the old stuff, I'll continue to get the old stuff. And so today, you know, even though it looks, it looks pretty nice out there, my experience is it is not nice out there. Somebody else's may be, but mine is it is not. And what I do today is, you know, by God's grace, I have that second opportunity, that second thought that is, says, okay, you know, what do you want, Tina? Do you want what you're getting today? Do you want to continue to do the stuff that you're doing to continue to turn your thoughts to helping others and to, to, to ask for help when you need it? And uh, this is some great stuff. So I'm looking forward to hear others sharing with that. I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thanks, Tina. Okay, next up is Elise, followed by Susan. Bonjour, no, Elise. Good morning. Hi, hi. Good morning. Um, this is Elise. Thank you for your service um, and everybody for being here. This struck me very strongly just now. Um, look at how the difference that one person's decision made. If he would have made the other decision, God knows where the rest of us would be. And um, and it just hits me how interconnected we all are. Here we are sitting in our houses, you know, going out with masks and gloves. And if people decide that they're going to go on masks, they can be infecting a whole group of people, how interconnected we are. And, and um, you know, how when I'm working in my profession as a therapist, people, you know, are smarting over not being able to see their families. I wasn't, I'm not able to see my daughter or my son because they went away on vacation before this whole thing started. And I wasn't able even for the holidays to have them back. And one of them lives here. So it's, it's, um, we're all, you know, and I remember when I was in my, in my cup, so to speak, my, um, my daughter would cry and say, you know, we've lost one parent, you know, we don't want to lose you too. And then when I'm in recovery, she's, she, after a, a day of being angry with me, like she said, well, how come when these people say it, you'll listen. And when I said this and this and this, you didn't listen. And then after a couple of days, she's so sweet. She just melts and she put her arms around me and she said, I'm so proud of the way you're living. It's, it's just, there's a complete, um, there's so this this disease not only affects me, this affects everybody around me, and if I'm you know doing the right things, it affects my whole family and and their you know their way of living. And I I'm going to say I'm a little biased here, but I'm I'm the mommy in the house. So to me, the mommy makes the world go round. You know, it's uh, I am the house, and. The things revolve around, you know, the things in this house, they revolve around me. And if, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not functioning, it's going to be very hard for them to function. So um, even if they're adult children now, it's still, that's still the case, in my opinion. And um, I'm just grateful um, for this program and not only for weight loss, but for, you know, all that stuff in my head that's been, been lost. The brainwash, you know. Okay, thanks for listening. Hi, Pat. Oh, th- thanks, Elise. Okay, next up we have Susan, followed by Lynn. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. Okay, and thank you for your humor. I I love it. I think it's hysterical. Um, anyway. I um got a lot out of this paragraph. I related a lot to it similar to Martha's share and um, just the previous paragraph looking that Bill was bitterly discouraged and wanting to turn to someone, but whom, and that I've been in that position so many times. I want the phone feels like it's 500 pounds and I don't pick it up. Um, But anyway, this reminds me of the fact that, the mental twist is in the next room doing push-ups when so often when we are feeling discouraged and that we've done something wrong 
And he goes into the lobby and he sees a directory of local churches. And, you know, so often I've been at a crossroads and conditions are ripe for me to pick up. And I believe I've messed up in some way. And it feels like the end of the world. And I want relief from those bad and hard feelings. Things look black and white. And I could either continue to feel horrible or join the attractive bar and the gay crowd. And what I've learned uh, from practicing the program in all my affairs is that I don't have to let my negative emotions rule me. I don't have to believe that picking up food is the attractive choice and that will lead me out of my emotional pain. Um, the way the way I do this is by working the steps and working with others at the direction of my higher power. And um, just another little point that I know a lot of fellows have struggled with organized religion, and I get that. Here's an example of a list of churches that was a stepping stone for Bill to choose recovery, not the drink. And I am grateful to the Oxford group uh, that was one of the foundations of AA and to all the churches that opened their doors to the 12-step meetings. And this speaks to me because, you know, uh, well, the the reading speaks to me because I am an isolator and with COVID-19, it plays right into my isolation. So I need to pick up that phone. I need to get on Zoom, which I have been doing, and and Skype, and to keep connected to all of you so that I won't choose the wrong path back to addiction. Thank you so much for letting me share, and I am a recovered person in Pennsylvania. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Okay, next up we have Lynn, excuse me, followed by Linda. We're on Page 154, the second paragraph. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Vision. Uh, My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Boy, I'm having such a remember when reading this paragraph. It's just really, um, sometimes, you know, we hear things in our head. I hear things in my head, and I've got a lot to say about them. But this one really touched my heart. Uh, it's just, I'm just in such a, such a space right now. And it's the word release. And, you know, here's, here's a dismal afternoon. Here's pacing, but not the physical pacing so much as the pacing in my head, that alcoholic torture that, that would go on in my head. And he's seeking release. I was never seeking companionship. I just wanted release. And that word release has just really struck me. And when I I just think back of all the years of that alcoholic torture in my head over everything, over, you know, people, places, things, work, family, Myself, my weight, my food, am I going to eat today? Am I not going to eat today? Oh, my goodness. And it used to feel like I was just going to implode or explode. And the only thing that ever gave me release was that first bite. 
and I would float up in the air like that dog from Quick Draw McGraw, and, you know, he'd float up in the air and then say, ah, and and melt down as he got a dog biscuit. And that, that was my life, whether it was debating on the food or debating on what to say at work or debating on how I can't couldn't stand my parents and how was I going to face going to their house, whatever. I just wanted that release. And I am so grateful now that I don't live like that anymore. What torture, what misery. Oh, my good gracious me. And the other remember one that I have is I have been to Akron. I have stood in that lobby. I've looked at the phone and how you, how I cannot be there and not have this well-up of emotion, of gratitude, the miracle of Bill's recovery, the miracle of Bill and Bob, and the fact that this program works. It really works. I am so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Okay, next up is Linda, followed by Debbie. Linda, buenos dias. Good morning. <laughs> You crack me up, Larry. I just love you. Uh, it's Linda D. from Connecticut. I love you guys. Each and every one of you shares so from the heart and so truthfully. Okay, here I am. And it's in dismal Connecticut. It's raining. Oh, what a big deal. Uh, and it's not. Um, when I say, I'm, I live in, I own and live in the house that I grew up in, and I used to call it a hell hole. And that really pissed off my mother, which you can imagine why, you know, because she put her heart into everything. God bless her. I think the thing is now, when I was very, very little, very little, I had like a knife in my gut. I didn't know what you call that. But I, I just wanted something. And what I wanted was love. And I wanted to be safe. And I was very frightened. And um, frankly, I didn't know this, but that little kid ran a lot of my life. And so I went from um, pillar to post or whatever you call it, all over the place. I did the best I could. And um, I tried the God thing And when I was older, and I, I just couldn't do it. It just didn't. I I tried, but I just couldn't. And uh, so I ended up very, very sick from this disease at a very young age. I was probably 18, 20. And my life fell apart, and so what? Well, that was, strangely enough, the best thing that could happen to me because something that I didn't know was there, and that was inside me, which was a higher power, um, catapulted me very, very slowly. It was a slow catapult through uh, a number of years till I was maybe 38 years old. And it changed my life because I walked into OA. And OA fell apart around here for the most part. So then I walked into AA, and that helped me. And then I, you know, back and forth. But I always was a food addict. I am a food addict. The point is this. Uh, it's today. We're in the middle of what we lovingly call an epidemic. And uh, it's scary as hell, and money's scary, and everything's scary, and people without masks that drive my bus scare the hell out of me. And I have this uh, anchor of safety inside me because now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a higher power. 
It's inside me. My connection is inside me. That's called a soul, whatever you want to call it. And I can hear it. I can hear it as an idea from you or, you know, spontaneously. And if I can't, I can pick up the phone, which is the next challenge. I'm learning to let you love me. I can love you now, but I'm learning to let you love me real close and when I'm real vulnerable and kind of nuts, which is part of the human condition I've discovered and messy. So um, I'm prepared to be messy today with all of you, and I thank you from the very, very tips of my toes for being in my life because I cannot do this alone. It is too incredibly difficult to figure out how to save your own life without all of you and, of course, God, who is the foundation for all of us. So I thank you when I pass. Thanks, Linda. Okay, we're going to take, uh, after Debbie, we're going to take more, uh, more names. Debbie, good morning. It's your turn. Debbie, press star one so we can hear you. Okay. There you are. Debbie, Hi. Can you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I, my name is uh, Debbie, and I am from outside of Philadelphia, and I uh, thought you were doing a wall call. <laughs> oh, I'm a newcomer. <laughs> um, it's my first away meeting, um, but I can resonate because I am that person. I am like uh, I am like Bill W. who is, you know, looking at the church and looking at the food, you know, in the kitchen. Even right now, I want a cookie. Um, and I don't understand why, um, I don't understand my compulsions. Um, I, even as I pick up the phone and I'm listening, I still want that cookie, um, that is in my kitchen right now. So it's, it's really hard and I feel like Bill at that moment. Um, I know that he chooses the right thing. Hopefully by talking right now and listening, I'm choosing the right thing. And that's all I have for right now. Thank you for letting me share, and I will pass. Oh, thanks, Debbie. Appreciate that. Okay, we're Debbie was just commenting. We're on page 154, the second paragraph. Although we love every single person, except for Harlan, he's you know so so. Um, we ask that you have, if you haven't shared in the past three days, take a step back. Who would like to share? W. Ooh, I boy, I, I got a just a whole lot of nothing there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that again? Amanda, Rick Beth, Rick, Rick Rina, J. Leslie Anita, K. Leslie. Carol. Carol. Michael Anita L. Michael. Okay, let me tell you what I have because you might want to. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let me. Stop everyone there, if you would. I Matt, Amanda, Beth. Matt, I'll put you on the end here. Let me start over again. Um, I have uh, Amanda, Beth, Rick, Anita, Leslie, Carol, Michael, and Matt. Was there a person that I missed? We'll see if we can get through it. Okay, let's let's give it a go. Let's start with uh, let's start with Amanda, followed by Beth. Good morning, Amanda. 
Amanda, go ahead and press star one if you would. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, it's Amanda B. Gratefully recovering in Toronto. Um, You know, what hit me about this paragraph is that the disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's confusing. Um, He thinks that if he took some drinks, he'd have the courage, um, and then he wouldn't be lonely. It has nothing to do with being thirsty or (laughs) any of that, and my eating never had anything to do with being hungry. Um, It's just about I want the courage to scrape an acquaintance. I don't want to be lonely. I could see other people having so much fun. That's the cunning, baffling, powerful piece that I can't remember what it's going to be like after I listen to the lie and take that bite. The other thing that really struck me from other people's shares is that, you know, sometimes I'm sitting in my house with self-pity and blah, 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 and locked in. But, you know, I don't understand, because I'm not God, how my actions will impact the world, the future, and how actually even just being of abstinent or being abstinent in my own little basement is of service. If this guy went and took the drink, then he wouldn't have been of service to everybody here. And so um, it's an act of, yeah, sure, it's an act of self-love, but it's an act of service to continue to stay abstinent, to continue to be of service, to continue to follow the dictates of a higher power. Um, and to continue to remind myself and others that this is a lie. I'm not going to find a gay crowd inside. I'm not going to find courage. I'm not going to find a happy weekend. Um, But I will find God. And that could mean that I'm still alone. But in my stomach, in the deep well of me, I'm going to find peace and relief and sometimes acceptance of what I can't accept or accepting that I can't accept this, that I can't accept (laughs) Um, and so I just, you know, this disease is so confusing at times, that cunning, baffling, and powerful. And that's what struck me. And the second piece that struck me is just how my actions, even when I'm alone and not doing service, are still of service or following God's will or not. Um, and I also have to remind myself if I choose not to follow God's will, then I'm still lovable, even though I might not be peaceful. And I can still start right now in this moment. Um, so thank you. That's all I have to share, and I appreciate being here with all of you. Have a great day. Thanks, Amanda. Okay, we have uh, we have Beth followed by Rick. What, is this my daughter, Beth? What, you're never up this early. Oh, Larry, if only <laughs> oh, that's that was my daughter. <laughs> Good morning. Since I'm probably older than you, it's a little bit tricky that way. <laughs> my name is Beth W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. And uh, grateful to have a chance to share today because um, yesterday was not my day. Yesterday was my dismal day to stand at the crossroads and to see that I could make a choice to go one way or the other. And um, I was feeling pretty low. And I, um, so as we, as we read this paragraph, you know, it, it, it said, unless he took some drinks, he might not have the courage to scrape an acquaintance. And then he would have a lonely weekend. You know, I live alone. I've been working from home most of the time. Um, I work in a profession that 
um, serves other people. And uh, we had another death yesterday morning and, you know, I couldn't go and be there with the family and, you know, God darn it, it's hard and it's lonely and it's not the way I usually operate. Um, and, and I, I was, I was at that crossroads, like, well, what the heck, you know? And, um, and thankfully, today's a new day. I, I did make choices that allowed me to make a phone call, uh, talk to people, reach out, connect with my higher power, um, and, and stay out of the foods. Um, but it's so cunning, baffling, and powerful to think that, um, that a few drinks or a few bites would give me the courage for another day. And that's the lie that this disease wants me to believe. And uh, so if you're new or you're in relapse or whatever, just remember that's the lie of this disease, that the food is a solution that the food will give you courage, that the food will make you feel better. Because um, my experience is that's not the way it is. And uh, so with that, I'm just going to pass. And I'm so grateful for these meetings. And um, thanks for your service, Larry, and all the rest of the Thursday crowd. Take care. Oh, you bet. Thank you, Beth. Okay, next up we have Rick followed by Anita. Hey, Rick, what's going on? Good morning, Larry. Um, this is Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, just sort of a, a dismal morning here. It's pouring rain, but uh, on the upshot of that, it's uh, you know all the pollen's going to be gone. So uh, I was thinking about this, the stage that's been set here. Um, yes, and just like the previous uh, um, person who shared, you know, it's it's like the um, you know the stage has been set. You know this this crossroads that uh, that Bill is at, and I can certainly identify with being at a crossroads, and then and then, uh, and then going uh, you know going in there and uh, you know taking that first bite uh, because that seemed the more attractive option to me. Um, you know, and I was I was at my own crossroads. Oh, you know, a little over six months ago, and. Uh, you know, I was in the Outer Banks uh, with uh, some friends on an annual um, trip, and uh, these these people are in a 12-step program, but they're not uh, they're not uh, in OA, and uh, so none of them really can relate with me. And I had recently talked to a dear friend of mine who who had um, confronted me on some things that I had been doing in the way I had, I had been relapsing, and. Um, you know, when I was there, you know, I was I was there at this this beautiful beach house for a week with some of my best friends, and and this week is all about um, you know fellowship and food and cigars and you know <laughs> being together, and I look forward to this uh, trip every year, you know. And here I am, you know, I've I've been struggling in the food, and I'm there, and I'm looking at a week that's stretching out before me. You know, and and I was like, I'm right in the middle of it, and I haven't been connecting with people in the fellowship, and I'm, you know, I've been relapsing, 
and you know, and, and I'm looking in that this gorgeous beach home, you know, and and all these people, and I could literally hear, you know, hear the laughter, and I could smell the, you know, the dinner, and all the, the gourmet hors d'oeuvres that are, you know, are are there, and and I I just left that porch and I walked out on the beach, you know, and I made a call to a, uh, someone who's very dear to me, uh, and I said I I need help, you know, I need help. And, um, you know, and that was six months ago and I, I realized that what I was looking for, you know, and I, when I think about Bill seeing the gay crowd inside, you know, I look over on page 160 and, and, uh, and it says, Biddy an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer, you know, talking about stepping over the threshold of, of the home of, of, you know, people in, in recovery. And and this person had come to the gay crowd inside, but it was a different gay crowd, right? It was it was a different crowd. People who had the answer, who from whom the problem had been solved, and you know, I I was able to to start on the journey to leave that uh, you know that obsession of the mind that kept bringing me back to succumbing to that gay crowd inside. And uh, you know, and now I'm I'm in the fellowship, and I I am so grateful that I've been entirely abstinent since uh since that time in october and with that i will pass thank you oh thanks rick okay next up anita followed by leslie good morning anita hey anita press star one is it anita l that you heard yeah good morning oh jeez very interesting. I didn't think that you heard me. I always uh, tell you, Anita. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Oh, the reason why I'm, like, befuddled here is because uh, I'm just filled with emotion right now when the woman shared a few shares ago about peace, feeling inner peace. Uh, I started crying. Um, you know, we say when you put the food down, that's just the beginning. My food is down. My food is very clean. But now life has to happen. And I am at the jumping off place. And this morning, oh, I prayed so hard to my higher power that I intuitively know how to handle situations which baffle me. I'm sorry, guys. I really, Larry, I thought I was still muted when I said my name. Um... So I wasn't expecting to share. Um, but life is good. Life is good, even though it's so damn hard right now. Um, not the virus, but my personal family life is very difficult. And I want to do the next right thing. And so, therefore, I must be with my higher power. I must stay so close, and I don't have any choice of taking that first bite, because if I do, that insanity will definitely return, 
And I know that my true answer is staying with my higher power who loves me and has shown me so many miracles throughout this month. I'm in OA 42 years. Two-thirds of my life, you know, I've been in program, and I've seen so many miracles, years of miracles in, in this program. So I know what it's like to live in that fourth dimension, and I just need to be close to God today. So I guess there's no coincidence that you heard me. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Uh, we, we needed to hear from you, Anita. <clears throat> Thank you so much for your share. Okay, next up, we have Leslie followed by Carol. Good morning, Leslie. Hi. Hello, I'm Leslie. I'm a compulsive overeater here in the UK. And um, I'd just like to share that yesterday I was faced with an emotional disturbance. And I had two IDs. I had an idea that I could phone the takeout and get in a load of food and plonk myself on the sofa in front of the TV, feeling sorry for myself until it passed. Or I had another idea, and that was to phone my sponsor to hand it over to God to work my program. And for a little few minutes, you know, it, what should I do, what should I do, what should I do, what should I do? And I just thought, well, just try and hand this to God, you know. So I said to God, God, please help me with this now. And um, and I said on plan, and I phoned my sponsor, and I spoke to others in fellowship, and I did some work. And, it, you know, and, and also the thought was there that, you know, if I did phone this takeaway, I'm back to step one. Can I do that again? No, I can't. You know, I, I recognize my powerlessness around the food. I recognize that, you know, I don't have control over this and it has to be with God. And that's amazing for me because I'm going to take my step forward today with my sponsor. And, um, and, yeah, I've not come this far before in the Food Fellowship, so this is a really good place for me to be in and to be able to be uh, getting over those milestones, you know, those emotional disturbances that would drive me into the food. So so I'm glad to be here and glad to be abstinent today. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Leslie. Okay, we got next up Carol followed by Michael. Bonjour, no, Carol. Good morning, Blueberry Larry. This is Carol J. from Saugatuck, Michigan. I'm a compulsive overeater and grateful to be on the line today. I just have been at that crossroads so many times like Bill W., you know, whether I'm going to go to the bar or whether I'm going to go get some call on the phone or find some person to talk to. And, um, you know, it's the insanity of my disease that will cause me to pick up. And I call that insanity in my head the saboteur. It'll sabotage me every single time, and uh, I choose not to listen to that voice today, and I've had some spiritual awakenings, and I'm grateful for that, um, but I am human, and I just have to say something that was a true blessing uh, since this coronavirus. I've been in AA and Al-Anon for many, many years, and, you know, my son has um, listened to my boundaries for all those years, and he understands my diseases and including this um, compulsive overeating that I have and he has been so gracious in bringing my groceries to me and just sticking to the list and you know he complimented me the other day and saying that 
Um, you're more healthy than I am, and he's decided to quit drinking and quit smoking. So, you know, there are promises that come true in this program, and it is an attraction, not promotion, and I, I'm truly blessed today. And it's so nice to hear your voice, Larry. You're one of my favorites, and I'll pass with that. Thank you. Oh, ditto. Ditto, Carol. Okay, next up. Hey, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for your service. And I am totally shocked that I am entirely abstinent and have been rocketed into the fourth dimension, which I've been, haven't been in many, many years. And I, I must say that I've been listening to Vision for many, about three or four years, and I... Um, I identify with Bill Wilson in so many ways. I always did, and I bingoed at four 12-step programs, the first food program, and then we turned in what they then called OA+. And we used to have, in the open meetings years ago in the 70s, we had AA speakers at the open meetings. So uh, when it fell apart and I moved upstate, there were no meetings. We tried and you know to start, and it didn't kind of work. So I was grateful when the bridge meetings came in, and after 30 years, I moved back to my hometown. I live in Rockaway Beach, New York, and it's when I first came back, it was horrible, but after Sandy, everything has been renewed and beautiful, and uh, I realized that nothing in this in God's world is by mistake, and I, uh, I, I, I am very calm you know i'm and i'm kind of my normal state is sort of nuts or uh, anxiety ridden and i understand depression because i've had it since i'm a child and some of it's real and some of it's not but i also went to parochial school and anybody a young boy who went to parochial school knows what can happen there but the higher power in the meetings i truly already lived my first dreams and now i'm retired but i have to I didn't realize that I could, even though you know, I could make new dreams, you know, I just don't have to be retired. And I'm very fortunate. I have a beautiful apartment overlooking. I see the Manhattan. We have a ferry every day now, which is amazing. And I have a terrace where I go out and make a little garden. So my sponsor in one of the programs used to say, who well, is it better than you? And I keep thinking, I lost all that. But somehow, not somehow, Vision brought it back to me, uh, which is fa it's absolutely phenomenal. I don't share that much on Vision, but now uh, I, I'm starting to because I don't think I've been entirely absent in so many years. It's just like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So thank you so much for your service, and have a blessed day, and everybody be safe. Thanks, Michael. Glad you're here and sharing. Okay, next up, one of my favorite, the original Jersey Boys. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Come on, Matt. Star one. That's a big Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Good morning. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, Hello? I can hear you great. Thanks, okay, Matt. Okay, thank you. Yep. Good morning. Thank you. This is Matt. I'm over here from New Jersey. Yeah, um, I came into the rooms years ago, back in 2007. I think I, I thought I had it uh, down and I realized I never really have it down. There's no such thing as having it down. Um, I put the food down multiple times over the years, and right now I'm kind of putting the food down again, and I realize I need to start working the steps with a big book with the sponsor again. But, you know, I'm putting the food down again. I need to get clean again. 
And um, it's not about the weight. It's about the weight between my ears, you know. So I'm working through a program through an eating disorder for the clinic to try to get over the trauma that I'm dealing with. And I realized, you know what, I have a lot of weight weight to lose between my ears. That's where it all begins. I thought I've had physical recovery over the years, but I never had a lot of, like, spiritual or emotional recovery. Um, and I realized that's because a lot of the times I get in my own way, you know. You know, they said, let it begin with me. You know, I haven't really. I've read the big book multiple times. I can quote the. I can quote the big book from cover to cover. I know all the quotes and slogans, but that don't mean anything. I really have to feel it inside of me because it comes. It has to come through within me. And just for today, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to put the work in. It takes a village to raise a compulsive overeater, and I'm willing to use all the resources available to me to get recovered. It says it's one day at a time. It's a one day at a time program, and I have to use all the all the like I said, all the resources available at my feet. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Matt. We got time for someone to wrap us up here. Who would like to do that? Christina J. Uh, let's go with Christina. I heard Christina. Carmela, hang out for the second hour, would you? Hey, Christina, would you wrap us up here? Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for your service. Um, One dismal afternoon, I sat in my office feeling lonely, feeling depressed that I had to have this job. Down the road was a convenience store about 10 minutes away. Even though I hated to get in my car and go, I thought about that convenience store and all the goodies it had inside of it that would help me get through the rest of my day. I would have a good day. After I had my goodies, I could make it through the day. I wouldn't be lonely. I wouldn't hate my job as much. I wouldn't have the courage to make it through the day if I had to sit in that depression. I just couldn't make it through. I had to get that food to make it through. I just couldn't do it without the food. How many days I did that same routine. How many days I went to work with promises to make it through another day. To make the calls. I promised myself I'd make the calls. I'd wake up at 2 in the morning saying, I'm going to make those calls to help me. I'm going to reach out to God. At the crossroads, I'm going to fall down on my knees and beg God to help me. And how many times the disease came in and said, you just have to eat today. You just have to eat. How many days did I say, I'm going to take five days off and get through this. I'm going to get my allergy put down. You know, I'm going to put down the food so the allergy is not triggered. I'm going to work program like my hair is on fire. I never had a choice when the allergy was triggered. I went right down to the store, and then I suffered all night and then promised myself the next day. Without this program, without you guys, without the willingness to work this program, without the surrender to say, this is it, I can't do this anymore, I can't make I can't, I can't make it. I can't make it. I'd be in relapse after relapse after relapse like I had been. So... I've got to have the courage with God's help and your help in this program to make it through another day. Like some people have shared, have beautifully shared how they made the calls when they were down. What do we have? Sometimes prayer is great, but sometimes we need to reach out because I, I stayed in isolation my whole life and told myself I could do everything in my life myself. That's a really bad habit. I've got to rely on my gods with skin and the God of my understanding to be able to make it. And this program has brought me to the place where I'm willing to do that and I'm willing to surrender, to walk away 
And, in, you know, when you walk away, there's that initial place of really sadness and depression. Oh, I'm not going to be able to use the food. But then you keep walking, and you walk towards that sunlight of the spirit, and eventually you make it through. Like someone said, today's another day. Yesterday was a certain type of day. Today's another day. You know, this too shall pass. Thank you for letting me share. Oh, thanks, Christina. That's a wrap. All right. And thank you for um, thank you, thank you for everyone who has shared, and thank you for letting me do service and let me in the door, not locking the door. I appreciate that. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today is 14,534. That's 14534. And we're going to close. Uh, Lauren's going to read to us. I love when Lauren reads to us from page 164. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Larry, to me and sing. <laughs> uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We will only a little. God will constantly disclose to you and to us. Ask communion what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. It will come if your own house is in order. But obviously it's something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him as events will come to pass for you. You encounter this is the great fact for us. Self to God as you understand God. Admit your and to your fellows. Sorry. Clear waste. Give freely of what you find. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. You will some of us as you trudge the road. Go to path. May God bless you and keep you until then.